Hello, and welcome to the First Gen Podcast. I'm thrilled to have you guys with us today as we embark on a fascinating journey in the lives of first-generation Americans. In this episode, we have a special guest, Perry Sedana, whose story is a testament to the American's dream. Perry's parents immigrated to the United States in 1999, seeking new opportunities and a better life for their family. They pursued higher education with both attending institutions like MIT and Harvard. What makes Perry's journey unique is her dual perspective as a as both as a first generation american and the child of accomplished professionals her parents past paths as a doctor and entrepreneur have undoubtedly shaped her experiences and aspirations today puri generally shares her insights challenges as she nav- navigates the complexities of being a first generation american so without further ado let's dive into puri sadhana's story and explore the rich of her life as a first-generation American. Puri, welcome to the First Gen Podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, so further ado, let's get on with the first question. So the first question is, can you share a bit more about your family's journey from India to the U.S. in the 1999? Sure. So as you mentioned, my parents ended up immigrating to the United States in pursuit of higher education. My dad went to IIT Kanpur in India, which is like kind of like the equivalent of MIT, Um, but he went there to study engineering and then he ended up applying to MIT and NC State because one of his professors told him that he should go and get his PhD abroad and he ended up getting into both schools. After that, my mom ended up applying to Harvard on a whim because she wanted to be near my dad, and my dad was going to go to MIT, and she also ended up getting in, and that's how they ended up moving and being here. So you were born in, um, were you born in North Carolina? Yeah, I was born in North Carolina. And brought up, so how has have your parents ever talked about how like their journey was moving from like India to like come to MIT and Harvard because I remember when my parents they like my dad again he moved um with like only like a hundred dollars in like the 1980s 90s as well and my mom was actually in India this whole entire time and my dad had came and lived with his brother and they usually like my dad came in with this whole entire idea that he wanted to start a new life and like grow on something else as like in India the um he wasn't getting as much as he could right as like he is in the United States yeah definitely similar situation I know my parents um my mom grew up the youngest of three and my dad or the youngest of five and my dad grew up the oldest of three and my dad's parents passed away when he was about 17 or 18 years old so it was a lot yeah it was a lot of him and and mom trying to be independent and Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't have me until about six years into their move here they moved first to Boston of course and then they moved down to North Carolina when my dad got a job with the EPA but during that time I know that they've talked about you know being on food stamps and my brother was on reduced lunch and truly like like you were saying really not having the best financial stability and not having best socioeconomic status at that time yeah, kind of similar over here too. Like again, my parents moved from 
um, India, like my dad, he now works at Accenture, but before that, it was really hard for him to move. My dad moved many different places, Hawaii, um, California, Chicago, all of um, North Carolina, and like all of these places, all in the United States. So obviously, like it was like a hard journey within. And I think that's something that us um, first generation of immigrants should like learn about and like how we can share our experiences so similar within just talking like with you just right now we've had so so many similarities and just coming together and knowing that we've kind of went through the same thing together so kind of just going back um through um talking about like something similar between us um as a first-gen child of immigrants did you ever experience identity struggles growing up in like a different culture environment because I know that like me and Prairie, we both did Kathak with um our teacher together and we've had really good memories of that. And like obviously that got us very connected to um our culture and our background and trying to just catch up with like still being in the United States and like having like this American lifestyle, but but at the same time still trying to have like our Indian um identity into us. Yeah, definitely Kathak and dance has been one thing that's helped me throughout connect back to culture. I think especially being from like around the Triangle area, I think the Desi population is rich and the mm-hmm. culture yeah. the Desi culture here is very, very prevalent. At least that's how it's felt for me. And, you know, not only dance, but also like being in being forced to go to Sanskar every Sunday, you yeah. know. We I both had to do that together, actually. <laughs> yeah. When you're like five and six years old. But, you know, those are the things that really keep you connected. And now I feel like compared to compared to my cousin, sometimes it's, it'll be funny that I'll know more about Hindu scriptures than that they'll know yeah. or, you know, things like that. And I think parents really do try a great deal to keep us connected to our culture at the same time, I think, you know, one really unique experience that I've had is we used to live, like, in the Morrisville, Cary area, and when we moved from Morrisville and Cary, I ended up going to, like, a PWI, like, a predominantly white institution for elementary school and then middle school, and uh, the thing was there weren't a lot of other Asian students there as well. So I think that's when I got a lot of sort of like this pushback that like before being in a place as vibrant as Carrie, I never had. I never felt ashamed of telling people that I had Sanskar in the morning after a sleepover or telling people I couldn't make it because I had a Kathak performance. But I really started feeling that when I moved to like Raleigh and there weren't, the brown population just wasn't as large. Yeah. Similarly, like, me even, like, living in Cary, it's, like, sometimes, like, it's very hard for me to, like, talk about, like, I do Kathak, because a lot of people don't really, like, consider that as, like, the usual dance, you know, like, they kind of, like, don't understand what Kathak is, like, it's not, like, jazz, ballet, or something that, like, every other person does, it's more something that's, like, very into my culture, and obviously, like, I, again, go to, like, a predominantly white school, too, so it's very hard for them to understand, like, where I come from, and then also understand that how, like, that could be considered as dancing too but like it's not like the typical thing that you would see like jazz or like you know ballet but it's still something that like is very like unique and like helps me get into my culture and like that's like another one thing like obviously my mom got me into Kathak I started around when I was seven years old too I think you probably started around this time too I'm pretty sure 
Yeah. Yeah, so, like, we both started around the same time, and I actually took a two-year gap in between, because I had, like, teachers changing and stuff like that, but, like, in those two years, I just felt so, like, like, I just didn't feel like I was, like, myself without Cutthug. Like, I just felt like Cutthug had been such a big part of me because I had already been doing Cutthug for three years. But my teacher had moved to Ohio, so we kind of, we couldn't find a new person. But luckily, we found a new person. And, like, Cutthug has been such a big part of my life. And a few year, a few days ago, I just completed my level five certificate of Cutthug. So, again, talking about how, like, thank you. So, it's just, like, very, like, happy and like you also get very connected to your culture and I similar um similarly I had to go to Sanskar too which is basically like a place where like you learn you do like blessings and like pujas and I remember every single morning like every single morning of like the Sundays that we would have it I would like be like oh I don't want to go I want to quit I want to quit I want to quit and but like now thinking back about it I was like so lucky to even experience that because I got I also got very close to people who like were like similar to me because again me going to like not a lot of school like not a school with like not a lot of Asians it was really nice to see people who were like the same kind as me as well mm-hmm. and so kind of going off of that um I wanted to ask you if like there's anything that you do to like um, I know you talked about, do you want to talk a little bit about low notch? Because I know you're really into that. And that's like one of the most popular things going around right now. Yeah, for sure. So I um, ended up quitting Katak over COVID just because like similar thing, teachers changing, and I couldn't really find the motivation to do it. But I ended up finding out about low notch and I joined like two years ago, January of 2022. And I fell in love with it. Loknach is a high school Bhangra team located in the Triangle area. And it's really cool because we get the opportunity to compete against collegiate teams, as well as, you know, some of these alumni teams, too, that have, like, lots of experience compared to some of us high schoolers. I think there's only about three high school teams in the nation. And this year, I'm one of the captains of Loknach. Yay! Yeah, <laughs> and it's really, really awesome because it's a great way, again, to connect with people who are like you, who have similar experiences. And as someone who's coming from, like, our family's Punjabi, but during partition, they relocated to Rajasthan, so I've lost a lot of my connection to our Punjabi roots. And so getting to, like, being reintroduced to that through Bhangra and being able to listen to like Punjabi music, things like that, and learning more about my culture in that way has been a truly life-changing experience. Yeah, I definitely, like I've watched a lot of you guys' videos on Instagram and stuff like that, (laughs) and it just shows like how dedicated you guys are and like how like motivated you guys are to like always motivate each other. Like the energy that you guys have is like so good and like so positive. So um, kind of to wrap this whole entire thing up, first of all, thank you so much for coming today and being my first member of this podcast. Um, (laughs) Is there any advice you would like to give first-generation Americans in navigating their academics in future? Because I forgot to mention, but Puri also did get into Dartmouth um, this January. So congratulations, Puri. So, like, do you have any feedback or, like, um, and, like, or advice that you would like to give to, like, other first-generation Americans similar to you that are going through, like, academics and, like, trying to get into, like, their cultural roots but just not sure how to? 
Yeah, definitely. I think one thing that's really important, especially I know with like immigrant parents, there's a stereotype of, you know, and even being like Asian American, I think there are stereotypes of what you should be good at and what you should be pursuing. Um, I know there's a lot of pressure on like the Asian American diaspora in general to go towards STEM. But I think it's really important that if you are Asian American and not just Asian American, but in general, I understand. And this is coming from a place of a lot of privilege where my parents as immigrants, you know, they came to this country on a visa that was given to them because of higher education. And because of that, that opened the door up to lots of different opportunities. So again, like coming from someone who is really privileged to have parents who have made a life for themselves and were able to kind of like win in this system that is oftentimes rigged. I would say if you are also have the ability to, I think, try and find what you love and pursue that as well as obviously like being realistic about what will be able to sustain your livelihood. Um, but I think it's really important that even if it's a hobby like Sana and I were talking about with Kathak or with Bhangra, doing things that you enjoy are just as important as doing things that you think will help you in the future because oftentimes they coincide even if you don't realize that they do. So. That I think be. that's a that's a really important thing that we should all know because like it's, it's at the end of the day it's like money can't buy you happiness it's more of like the happiness that comes inside from like memories and doing what you actually want rather than just doing it because like you have to yeah so yeah. that was really important and I think just like a bit more about that going off of that because that's like one of the biggest advices I would have too because just, like, kind of similar to, like, how, like, first I thought, like, you know, Kutuk wasn't really, like, as, like, into, like, all of it. Or, like, I, like, started doing jazz and, like, ballet, like, dur- during those two years, too, because I was just, like, I need to be, like, other people. But, like, in those classes, I really did not just enjoy because it just wasn't my cup of tea. And, obviously, I got back into Kutuk. And, like, Kutuk is something that I'm very proud of nowadays. And, like, now, like, people always, like, come up to me and be, like, oh, like, you do Kutuk, like, show me, like, a dance or show me, like, a composition so it's like it's very um interesting how like something that like you don't know like much about can like soon like something that people don't know a lot about can like soon be something that like people ask you a lot or like a lot of the aunties and uncles ask you about or like are interested in like helping their daughters do it you know and like especially now that I teach little kids and cut like it's like another thing that's like more of like I feel like honored to like and privileged to like help other young um kids like get into Kathak and like get into their culture so yeah once again thank you so much Puri for coming on and yes and I hope to see you soon and thank you for everyone else for watching this podcast 